Welcome to the Innovate for Impact podcast. This podcast is for leaders in the social sector like you who want to make a difference. Each episode is packed with practical ideas on how you can be more innovative and create an even bigger social impact. We share our ideas on what you can do and also speak to leaders from the sector to share best practice. So let's get into it and let's talk impact. Hello and welcome to the Innovate for Impact podcast. As usual, you've got myself, Tracy Newman, joined with Dan Bentley. And today we really want to talk all about some of the common mistakes that we see regularly coming up that gets in the way of leaders really embedding innovation into their organisation and creating the impact that they're out to create. But before we kick off, welcome, Dan. Good to have you with us today. Thanks, Trace. It's good to be here. So we're in Australia at the moment in a long succession of public holidays and long weekends, about to get into the second one in a row, which has been nice, but it does make those short weeks very, very busy. Sure does. Yeah. It's only been four days of this week, but still I feel really tired, like I've done a mammoth week, but I think it's just that whole squeezing five days into four days and then, you know, keeping busy on the weekends as well. So yeah, we wanted to talk a little bit more about some of the common mistakes that we see that kind of get in the way, but I guess just to sort of add some context, we want to start off with what is it that we're really seeing, where are people now and what are some of the things that they're dealing with and getting in their way? And the first thing that we see is that that people feel really stuck. They care about their clients and they've got kind of these obstacles that are sort of stopping them from getting the outcomes that they know that their clients need. And it kind of then makes it difficult to be able to deliver on your mission and and have the impact that you're really out to have. The other thing that we see is that people are feeling overloaded. So they kind of know what they want to achieve, but they don't necessarily have capacity to be able to bring it to life. So you're sort of working hard and that's that whole idea of feeling like you need to do more with less or even feeling like you need to do more with the same amount. And then the third one we see commonly is where people are just juggling too much. You know, they've got lots of different priorities, but also lots of different changes that are all sort of coming at them at once. And then, you know, knowing the best way to respond to all of the different changes that are all happening at once sort of leaves them feeling like they're just trying to juggle too many balls all at once. So what we really wanted to talk about today is, well, what are the things that kind of get in people's way that keep them continuing to feel that way rather than moving forward to where they really want to be? Yeah, and it doesn't matter what part of the sector they're in. Like We run a number of webinars. Probably lots of our listeners have joined us for at least one of them. We basically gathered that list by speaking to people, but we often test that list with our attendees of, and participants of our webinars and we put it out there and it doesn't matter the organization, but it's very, very common at the moment. It's just This is just how we're feeling with the amount of change and the amount of expectation and the direction that funding is heading in and all these different elements that are kind of affecting the whole sector. So it's really interesting to see that it is across so many different types of organizations. Also, a lot of these leaders are also making the same common mistakes too. So let's talk about some of those. So these aren't necessarily in an order, just they're just three different ones. But the first one we're going to talk about is, you know, a number of years ago, we didn't see a lot of organizations out there trying to, you know, collaborate more and run co-design projects and those sorts of things. There was a lot more of an internal focus. So it's great that we're seeing more and more organizations starting to do this. But where a lot of organizations are going wrong at the moment is, is that they're hiring consultancies like ours, or having some of their staff just trying to run like the occasional and what you call like special project to try and involve their clients and collaborate. So it might be on a certain communication or it might be on fixing a certain service. And whilst 
there's absolutely nothing wrong with it. And I, like I said, it's probably just at where people are at. Like it's the, one of the first steps on becoming that more collaborative organization. If the rest of your organization is still behaving in very traditional ways, then you're really only going to be making very small changes to what you're doing. And so the thing that we are constantly seeing is, is that they do this one project or they start collaborating on this one thing, but then the rest of their organization still continues to work in very old school and very traditional ways. It doesn't necessarily then deliver the outcomes that they were looking for because the rest of the organization isn't as supportive of those changes and it doesn't align to their strategy sometimes what comes out of those individual projects and there can be that disconnect where they say well we'll implement this part of it but not that part of it because we still have these internal expectations and internal desires that we are prioritizing over what our clients want so that's number one for me yeah the other thing that i see happening there also is that sometimes the people who are involved in these special projects get really excited because they get to see the impact that they're able to participate in and they get to work in a new and exciting way. And then when that special project ends, they find it really difficult to kind of go back to working in a non-collaborative way. So sometimes you actually run the risk of disrupting the, the status quo, but not necessarily in a good way because some people within the organization kind of see a new possibility that's available and they're really excited about continuing to pursue that. And if you don't think about, well, how can we continue to collaborate and continue to work this way when this special project ends, you then run the risk of losing really great people who then go, well, I want to work like that and I can't do that here. Yeah, and there's many organisations who are a little bit more mature in their journey in terms of being more collaborative and innovative and often people will join those organisations. So that that is the risk. And we're not saying don't not run projects because it's better than not doing it at all, but you do need to start thinking about how do you transform your organisation from a systemic level rather than just adding in more activity. And I think that's one of the most important things that we have realized through the work that we do is that if you are stuck and you're overloaded and you've got too many priorities, adding in new activity is a hell of a lot harder than changing behaviors across the organization. So start looking at what are the old ways of working that you have that aren't serving you well, and then start looking at, well, which of these new, more desirable behaviors are going to serve you better? And instead of trying to do all of them, actually start saying and making decisions as the leader of the organization and that saying, you know what, we're now going to stop doing this because it doesn't serve us well. It doesn't serve our clients well. Um, and now from this date onwards, you know, I want to draw a bit of a line in the sand and say, this is how we're going to start working instead of that. And obviously, you know, there's a whole heap of change management around that and, you know, making sure people have the tools and the capabilities and all that around it, right? Like it's not as simple as just being as that directive, but you do need to make a decision as the leader to say, no, we're not going to work in this way anymore. We are going to be more collaborative. We are going to be more innovative, but we need to stop doing stuff as much as we need to start doing stuff, especially if you're already in a place where you're totally under-resourced. There needs to be a trade-off and getting rid of old ways of working and being really clear with people of what you want them to do instead is a good way to not necessarily have to require more capacity to do these things. It could be done still within your existing ways of capacity, yeah. Consistency is what 
really gets outcomes, but passion gets all the publicity. And I think, you know, in terms of doing something big, whilst that does drive your organisation further, if everybody across the organisation is taking small steps every day consistently to embed that collaboration and innovation, then that's when you really get that sizable difference and that significant step change without necessarily needing to devote large amounts of resource to it. And when you are on your journey to embedding this in your organization, you'll be running projects, right? Like that's part of it. But all we're saying is don't just think you can keep behaving as a traditional organization in the way that you set your strategy and the way that you operate and thinking that these small projects are going to make your organization more innovative and collaborative. You really need to do both of those things is what we're really saying here. That's the key takeout. Absolutely. Yeah. Are you looking for innovative ways for your organization to deliver more impact? Take our online assessment and receive a customized report in your inbox that highlights exactly what to do next. It takes only five minutes to fill out and it's completely free. Visit impactoconsulting.com.au slash self-assessment. The second mistake that we're seeing a lot of leaders make is that they are just staying so busy with their day-to-day work and just hoping that at some point that they're going to get the time to improve the way that their organization works. And, you know, we've been doing this for some time. We speak to a lot of leaders who have also been doing this for some time. And I don't think anyone that listens to this podcast doesn't know this already, but that day doesn't come. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you might get the occasional Friday afternoon where things are a little quieter. But then you'll probably also have a, you know, chronic cases of the CBFs, the way you and your team really aren't going to be in the most creative space. We talk about this a bit, but you've got to make the time to be innovative. You need to take the time to get out of the day-to-day, the operations, the stuff that just gets, you know, putting out the spot fires and you do need to work on your organization. Everyone knows that. Like everybody knows that, like, you know, you're, you're a CEO or a senior leader if you're listening to this podcast, right? Like we're not trying to tell you how to suck eggs, but are you taking that time is the question that we'd put out to you. And are you giving your people that time and getting them to protect and take that time? Because that is just one of the biggest mistakes that we see that people are just going, oh, we're just, we're too busy. I'm like, okay, how long have you been this busy? Well, with this particular thing, you know, the aged care standards and doing that, that's been the last year or so. But then before that, we had this other thing. And then actually recently we've had COVID, like there's always something. That's just how it works. It's not your fault. It's just how it works. So you've got to make that time. Once you do make that time, you've got to protect that time. And there will be times when there is, you know, an emergency or something where you, you, you have to give it up, right? But if you're doing that every week or every month or whatever, then you're also probably not protecting that time. But you cannot not improve your organization. If you're just letting it tread water, there will become a time where it becomes a very big problem for you. And the only way out of that is to make that time and protect that time. And not only for yourself, but making sure that people throughout the organization are looking at strategic things, looking at opportunities and things that need to be fixed rather than worked around. You know, having processes and systems that make sure that that is happening on a regular basis. And that as the senior leader, you can just keep an eye on the outcomes that that system is creating and things that it's improving. There's all those types of ways of doing that. 
that make it easy for you. But just to say it's okay just to keep treading water and keeping on just putting out spot fires as part of your BAU, that's a really big mistake that we see a lot of organisations making. And we get it. Like you said, it's not that people aren't dealing with things and it's not that we haven't had some really significant and and big changes. It's just that it's unrealistic to expect that this magic day is going to happen where, you know, we have the perfect amount of time to do everything exactly the way we would love to be able to do it. I think we would all be amazing leaders in that space. It's just that it's highly unlikely that we're ever going to be in that space. And the better we become at prioritising the things that are really important, the better. And working on this stuff proactively saves you a lot of time and heartache in in the long run. Because I think when you start working on something proactively, you have a lot more choice and you have a lot more opportunity to address things in different ways. If you wait until it becomes a big concern, then quite often you just need to deal with it, you know, in the fastest way possible, which might not be the best way possible. So, you know, um, really prioritizing it. And like you said, you know, obviously if the building's on fire, you're going to get out first, but anything other than that probably should have you ring fencing this time and really prioritizing it. Yeah, absolutely. And then the last one, I think this this one's uh, definitely something that we see. And I think, you know, popular press has probably got something to do with it, but it's that whole concept that innovation is a nice to have, but it's really only for organizations with large budgets. Like I think that's a really popular misconception or mistake. But if we sort of start and consider, well, what exactly is innovation? Well, innovation is creatively solving problems. So any organization that has a problem needs to innovate, really. <laughs> it's sort of, it's quite that, that sort of simple. Um, it, it, it is actually for, for all organizations. And I think organizations without large budgets have the biggest opportunity to innovate because you need to be really creative to come up with a solution. If you've got a large budget, you can be a lot less creative in terms of how you solve a problem. How I hear this one play out when I speak to leaders is they say, we're really struggling at the moment. We're just not in a space for innovation. I think when we get out of this hole or something like that, we we will be able to be more innovative. And I just always sort of think like you can innovate your way out of that hole. (laughs) I get that there are certain times where like you need to downsize the organization or focus it on doing less. Like we totally get that there are times when you're doing things like activities like that to just make sure you stay afloat. That's the reality of the world we live in. However, looking at that as not being a place where you can be innovative on that journey, you may be missing out on some opportunities that could be there is all I'm saying. Because we've worked with organizations before that have been in really, really tough situations financially and they have been able to innovate their way out of it. And this is the common misconception within the word innovation. Again, we've got a whole podcast on this. It's called What is Innovation Really? But people think like innovation is something that is always like some sort of like a moonshot type thing. It's it's something where you didn't need to do it, but you did it because it was like a a fun thing or an interesting thing to do, like an opportunity that wasn't necessarily that important. But we're not talking about that. Like we're using the word innovation as like improving your organization, improving your services, improving things, right? So if you're not doing very well, you probably need some improvement. Innovation is essentially that. I think that's a way that people look at it as innovation, really. I think it's how they hold it. I think it's their understanding of the philosophy of innovation. I think that's what we're challenging here is to look at it as going, I've got some problems. Am I going to find a solution? 
Am I going to consider the fact that that solution could be one that is innovative? And it's not about it being a um, nice to have, and it really is an essential. And you can you can do it in a lot of different ways and at different stages that your organization's in. Yeah, I think sometimes the innovations that get spoken about in media, for example, are things like, you know, the moonshots or the really extraordinary innovations that are, you know, changing the world, that kind of thing. So I think definitely if you consider that to be all the innovation is, it absolutely makes sense to say, well, we're not in that space at the moment. But when you're thinking about innovation just being creatively solving problems... (laughs) then we've set, certainly, you know, would suggest that every organisation has a space for innovation. What I see as being different is the options that you have in terms of how you go about finding those solutions. So, you know, of course, if you've got a large budget and you want to sort of spend a lot of money on investigating new cutting-edge technology, things like that, well, then that's one way of being innovative. But certainly another way of being innovative is is really just okay, well, if we can't deliver our service in this way, can we deliver it differently? And even, you know, some of the things that we see that are great innovations are actually where people have gone, oh, you know, we used to do this. And if we combine that with this, then we're going to come up with a way to deliver this service and still get the outcome that we're looking for, but we're going to invest less in terms of resources. So like you said, you can actually innovate your way out of a hole. I have an organization that I've done a lot of work with and what they realized is when they put together their sort of program logic and said, well, one of the things that's really important for us is that our clients get to build social connections and that's one of the things that they really value with us. So if that's the case, then why are we looking at delivering services to them one-on-one in their home if the benefit that they get dealing with us is that they get to come here and connect. So even that was looking at, well, being really true to what it is that we're looking to create, well, now we're going to innovate in in that direction and in that space. And that then led them to be able to get more value and get out of the hole that they were in. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, your job as the senior leader is to, you know, point the organization in the direction that it needs to go. But you know, you don't need to put all the pressure on yourself and your exec team and your board to know all those answers. And a lot of really good innovations are literally just having a deeper understanding of what your client actually needs from you and tweaking what you do, right? Like if you're not getting many clients or your clients aren't happy with your service, it's probably that you maybe don't understand what they really need from you, or maybe you do, but you're not executing it in a way that's giving them that. So those things don't necessarily have to be expensive exercises. They're actually just fixing things a lot of the time. And so, you know, we talked a bit before about like, well, it's not a nice to have, like that's kind of pretty BAU activity, but the worst thing you can be doing and the mistake that we see is just kind of talking about what we said before, which is like just working around those problems and just thinking, oh, well, there'll be some day when I do this and no, just, just start changing those things today and you will start to actually see that you're going to get better results, whether they are financial results, their employee results, employees staying and not leaving you, not feeling so burnt out. Fixing things is, you know, usually a good, it's a a good strategy. So that's the three things that we're seeing at the moment. Anything else you wanted to add to that, Trace? No, no, I think we've covered them really well. So we've talked about the occasional special project versus actually embedding collaboration and innovation. Talked about, you know, being so busy with your day-to-day work 
and and waiting for the magical day where you know you've got more time or the third one is really that sort of misconception about what innovation really is and thinking then that it's not for you or your organization it's really only for organizations with large innovation budget couldn't have said it better myself well have a really nice long weekend thank you thanks everybody for listening in we'll catch you on the next episode bye thanks for listening to another episode of the innovate for impact podcast any links to what we spoke about today will be posted in the show notes if you'd like to know more about social innovation visit our website where we have a heap of tools to help you on your way visit impactoconsulting.com.au thanks for listening now go out there and make an impact